According to author of the book Atomic Habits, James Clear, small steps and consistency are all you need to form a habit. When you practice a small behavior consistently, your brain likes it more and more. Encoding it deeper into your neurocircuitry. Welcome to episode two of Dudes in Progress. Hey, Joe. How about that for a $5 word? Neurocircuitry, right? Neurocircuitry. <laughs> I'm getting it out. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Neurocircuitry. I had to practice it for about a half hour before I Makes got it. Makes it sound fancy. Hey, do you like our new intro music? I really like that music, man. I do. Good stuff. <laughs> That's why I picked it. You know, I spent a few hours searching through. You gave me a couple of websites to check out. And we did have one picked out at first. It cost us $50. And it was funny. I was thinking, boy, that's kind of a lot of money to spend. I didn't spend that much on my first podcast. And then you gave me another idea and I went back and picked this one. And this one's definitely grown on me. I like it. I would say this is 95% as good as the $50 one. (laughs) There's some parts about the $50 music that I really liked. I agree. But this is is 95% as good. And I'll take that for (laughs) what? 10% 10% of the price. Exactly. Right. Actually, yeah, I got, I got two versions. It was buy one, get 50% off the second one. So for five bucks, I got two versions and I love to save money, man. So <laughs> that's right. It's part of our <laughs> dudes in progress theme for sure. Well, I did a couple of really dumb things this week. I wanted to share with you, you know, I'm a fish caretaker. I have a couple of fish tanks here and I was, I bought a brand new tank top for my fish tank made of glass and you have to glue or it's like a double-sided tape of the handle that you put on it now granted i have two of these already i have three tanks and two of them already have the same style on there i was so mad at myself joe i stuck this thing and when it sticks it's stuck i can tell you that for sure and i know that but in my haste going too fast not taking my time I stuck it on the wrong side of the glass. Oh, no. Because <laughs> there's a hinge. And I, when I put it on and I put it on my tank and I went to lift it, it wouldn't lift up because it was opposite wrong way to go. Oh, no. My first thought. So now what are you going to do? Well, I, then, I looked at, then I looked at the directions and it said, do not try to remove hinge after <laughs> placing it on the tank. <laughs> lovely. Lovely. <laughs> I like. So the. It costs about $25 at Petco. Oh, here I go. I'm going to have to buy a brand new top because I just ruined it by sticking it on. But, you know, thank God for Google and the internet. I did go downstairs and I tried to get, I had a razor, you know, I tried to wedge it off and I may tell you something, it would not come off. Went back to the internet, did a little research. I did find something pretty quickly. It's water soluble was the word. And so I did the same technique, only poured water in the little crack that I was trying to make. And finally, I was able, within about half hour, I guess, spending on this, get it off. So there's a good ending to the story. And spent, So instead of spending $25, you spent the half an hour pouring water yeah. over it. And then another couple of dollars over at Walmart to get a double-sided tape sticker to put on there. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> but the other, well, I, wanna, I have one other dumb story for the week. And so we have a fake Christmas tree and I have a hallway here between my bedroom and my office. I'm in a spare bedroom that my 
oldest son has vacated since he's all grown up and moved out and got married. And I took the box of the fake Christmas tree, brought it upstairs. It's kind of heavy. I've got to put it up in my attic and I'm not crazy. I actually want my daughter to help me with this because she has a special place. She keeps it up there. She helps us with our Christmas decorations, but in my haste, I left it in the middle of the hallway. Now, you know, we both get up very early and both of our wives do not. And a lot of times I'm either getting dressed or moving around in the dark because my wife is a light sleeper. Mm. So you know what I did this week, Joe, get into my podcast studio, my morning routine of editing my podcast and this podcast, it may have been Monday or Tuesday. I hit that thing solid hard in the dark with my toe fell right on top of the Christmas box. And I had my phone. I was trying to turn the lights on my office with my remote phone app. And I hit my hand and wrist on the left side so hard. And I just laid there for a while. And my wife says, are you all right? I hear her screaming from the bedroom. (laughs) There's nothing worse than a stub toe. Stub toe or a paper cut, right? Nothing worse than a stub toe. Yeah, but you know what was worse for me was I felt like a stupid idiot that I no, I knew leaving that Christmas tree in the hallway was setting up a disaster, and it did. For about a w- last week and a half, I've been I've been really sick, man. I thought I had COVID, tested negative for COVID, and uh, I've not tested positive for COVID throughout the whole pandemic. I've probably had well over a dozen COVID tests because of the people I've been around, or uh, yeah, the people I've been around, the people I've worked with. My wife had it. Some of my uh, closest friends have had it. And I've never tested positive and, and I tested negative this time as well. So I don't have COVID. I don't have strep, got the flu shot. So it's probably not the flu. I don't know what it is, but it tackled me and kept me down for most of this week. And I've been, I've been in a pretty bad way. I've, I think I'm on the other side of it now. I'm probably at 95%. Like I said, it tackled me and held me down for a while, for a while, about a week and a half. One of our segments we're going to do every week is our win for the week. And I think that's one of Joe's. If, unless he comes up with another one. But yeah. before we do that, Joe, what's our featured topic for the week? We're going to talk about the magic of habits and how putting yourself and your life on automatic can really lead to your best life. We're going to pull strategies from Atomic Habits by James Clear from our own personal experience. Uh, there's also a couple other books out there that I've read, uh, The Power of Habits by James Duhigg and Tiny Habits by J.B. Fogg. Habits are like this magical thing that we can take advantage of. We can put the things that we want to accomplish on automatic so that we can experience life to the fullest. And I'm really excited about habits. Habits have been an, an important part of my life, even, the, even my bad habits and learning how to get over my bad habits. So the magic of habits and how putting yourself on automatic can lead to your best life. I love this topic. I know you're passionate about it. It really fits in well with our goals versus values last week, I think. And you'll hear that as we review that. But first of all, I'm going to tell you my win for the week, Joe. Got back to work, the day job, after a long Christmas and New Year's holiday. I'd like to ease into it. But I was really excited, a couple of things. This week, I was reviewing a video that we did. We created a a colleague of mine, helped me create this video. So just to step back a bit, my job every day, I am a senior systems engineer and I work primarily in a technology called Microsoft 365 SharePoint. Primarily I work with 
if anyone's familiar with that, you can relate to all of that. But I build applications, and this is an application program that is a no-code or low-code solution that our business folks can build applications with. So a long way to get to the what I was working on was I like to do little tips on how to do certain techniques in the software. And there's a common pattern that I've used before on other technologies. I call it cascading drop-down input fields. So that's like in my example, I had a city and then you would pick after the drop-down you'd pick your city or you'd pick your state first and then you could pick the region that you're in and then it would finally get down to the city. But it's all related, right? You don't want to pick your state and then get all kinds of different regions or uh, counties, I think it was was actually, but and then you don't want the county to include all of the cities in the country. So it's very re- dependent and doing lookups as it goes along. So that's a common pattern that people can use. So we built a video. It's about 20 minutes long. My friend, coworker, did a really nice job of video editing. That's not something I'm very good at at this point. I haven't even tried. So I was really pleased with that because. You know, Joe, what it does for me, it's kind of been my secret to my career success and quite frankly, my personal happiness in my day-to-day job and work is to continuously learn things and sharpen my knowledge and then also to teach others because I really enjoy doing that. I get a lot of satisfaction from that. So talking about living my values, that was a small example of doing that this uh, this past week. And the other thing I did talking about habits over the last couple of months is I started a habit of blogging internally. I actually built the blogging platform at work and I kind of eaten my own dog food, if you will. <laughs> I've been creating blogs on a technical, every time I get something that I think is interesting that I learned during the week, or even I'll do a little research if I have to, but quite often I'm answering questions for people and I take that small topic and I try not to get too deep in it, but just present that topic and the solution to that answer and I've been doing that consistently for several months, probably four months, and I'll continue that this week. So those are some of my wins for the week. Well, that sounds those sounds like significant wins, uh, Kurt. And and I, I do know you are you are that guy. You are that guy that loves to teach and loves to continuously learn. Uh, and I have a lot of that myself, but I do know that very much, very much who you are. Mm-hmm. So that the fact that you're able to exercise that. And to display that throughout the week is a that that is a big win. Did you have another win besides surviving the week? That is kind of my win. I oversee the sales for an industrial manufacturer, but this was a very important week. We had to do inventory on our warehouse. Now we have a pretty small team, but we had to do inventory on our warehouse. And that means climbing climbing up and down ladders, mundane counting small things, counting large things over the over probably three days. And it was the three days that I probably felt the worst. I, I'm, I, like I said before, this thing tackled me and kept me down. But I had to get this job done. This was the only opportunity that we had. We should have done it back in December, but this was the only opportunity we had because we had, uh, we had resources in to help with it. And I wasn't going to leave these guys by themselves. I wasn't going. I wasn't going to leave the team by themselves to do it. So I went in and just did tiny step by tiny step. Instead of looking at the entire the entire warehouse as a whole, I I looked at this single bin and I said, "Okay, <laughs> I'm going to count this bin and I'm going to count it methodically, take my time, not try to rush through it." And 
Uh, just work systematically through it. Take a break when I needed to take a break. Uh, I kept my distance from the from the rest of the people counting and uh, got through it. Got through mm. it and felt terrible through the whole thing. But <laughs> sometimes you have to do what you need to do despite how you feel. Mm. The way I had to think about it is I'm just going to count this thing right now. I don't know what's going to happen in five minutes, but for right now, I'm just going to do this task. And I do that a lot in my life. I, I break things down to the, its least common denominator and concentrate on those one, on that, maybe that one small activity. It's a great technique for beating procrastination. I've heard about where, and I, I started my week out because it's hard to get started after a long week. I had like 10, 12 days off and I had a project that I'm really been excited about, but you know, you get, you get off and laying around and watching movies for a week or more. And it's hard to get started. I, I definitely said, Hey, I'm going to sit down for five minutes and do this one little task. And before you know it, you start getting into that routine and half hour goes by, you don't have, didn't even know it. And so just get started with something small, but I wanted to share as we do this weekly feature, some of our current habits and Joe and I have been meeting every Saturday morning, pretty much weekly doing what we call a mastermind. We talked a little bit how we met and that's been a habit we've been doing for just about five years, Joe. You can tell it's a habit when, when we don't meet and you still kind of go through the motions to start. For example, if, mm. if you, uh, if you say the week before, Hey, Hey, uh, Hey Joe, I can't meet next week because I'm going to New York to see a show with my daughter or something like that, which has happened. Right. And, right. uh, but still I know that I know that we're not meeting this week, but somehow the I'm, I'm, I'm triggered and I'm cued on Saturday mornings to come at a certain time to do a certain routine and sit down at my desk. And I have found myself going through that, that process, even though consciously I know we're not meeting. I feel like I'm missing mm. something if I don't go through that process on, on a Saturday morning. And I realize, well, we're not meeting today. So I'm going to go do something. <laughs> I'm going to go do something yeah. else. So that, that's that Saturday morning, uh, mastermind has definitely turned into a habit and a routine. I wanted to mention this last week, Joe, the movie that I think about quite fondly in terms of habits and it's the Shawshank redemption. Do you remember that scene where the main character, they show him digging in his wall. He just was, I, I forget what he's doing, but he had a little, yeah, a little, a little tiny pickaxe, not more than probably four or five inches long. Yeah. And he discovers, I don't remember what he was doing at this, this point, but he, he hits the concrete and a big chunk comes out <laughs> and he's, has a hobby of geology. So he knows about, they talk about the pressure of rocks and they go into some detail of that. But as you learn through the movie, he spends 20 years picking his way with that little ax to, to freedom. And I, and that is just has a profound impact on me. It's a, it's a great movie. I, I recognize it's a favorite of many people, but just, the fact that every night he would, he was so focused on his freedom and he would work at that digging every single evening. He had this poster that would cover him and you, they'd show him kind of picking at it. And it's very dramatic how they 
present the theme at the, at the very end that he's actually over the last 20 years, dug his way to freedom. And that is something I find. If you could do just a little thing every single day, you can become an expert at just about anything. And interesting about that. Interesting thing about that movie is he had this end goal, right? He had, he, he knew he wanted freedom, but all he had to think about day to day was making a tiny bit of progress, a tiny bit of progress. And through that tiny bit of progress, I'm sure when he first started out, he, he wasn't terribly great at it, but he, it, and now this is, this is conjecture, but I'm sure he wasn't great at it when he first started off. But then he, as he got, as, as time went on day by day, he, he, he understood the layout of the rocks and how far about how far he was going to get and the best technique to use, how to, how to conserve his energy to make the best technique to, 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 to move forward. Mm. And, uh, before you know it, he got really, really good at it and mm. probably made progress further and further along. And 20 years later, a little mm. bit at a time, he got his freedom. Yeah. He was concealing his effort. He was scheming against the uh, warden of the prison, and it all comes together. It's a it is a good movie. Ending, it's it's so. it's consistently ranked in, in the top top three movies of all time. I think I've heard that on your other podcasts when you've done your my top ten list, top yeah. tens. Yeah, yeah. My my habit isn't nearly as dramatic, but the one habit that that I have developed over the years is flossing. I floss every day and I've not always been a flosser, but I read some really good benefits of flossing that are beyond just good teeth. It keeps away certain infections in your entire body. And there's some good, ben- there's generally some good benefits to flossing that goes beyond uh, tooth and gum care, generally oral care. Look it up. I won't go into it, but I developed this habit. And how I developed the habit is I had to make it easy uh, and I had to make it conspicuous. Like I, I knew when to start the habit. Uh, So what I did is I started flossing in the shower every morning in the shower. When I I brush my teeth and I floss in the shower and I, and I've never, I've never been able to use those, the real floss that you get in the container where you break off the string and wrap it around your finger and do that. That just always seemed really sloppy to me. So I, I, uh, I bought these little, I bought these little pretensioned, uh, floss harps and quick and easy started flossing. And now flossing every day has become a habit to the fact that if, if I don't floss, if, if I'm not, if I'm not following that routine, I feel out of sorts and I, and I find myself flossing everywhere now. And it just started with uh, a quick little, a quick little trigger. Mm reducing the friction by doing it in the shower, making it easy by using the, the, the little harp sticks and a tiny bit at a time every day. I share that same habit with you. I came about it. Now we don't do it together. When he says a share, we don't don't (laughs) floss together. Understand that. (laughs) But I started because I went to the dentist one time and they said, you better start flossing. As a matter of fact, you're showing signs of gingivitis, which is gum bleeding just slightly. And I got really scared and serious about it, but I had the same thing. It was, I found it really difficult to use that floss. I couldn't reach the back. Mm -hmm. I just gave up 
And you went to those, what you call heart picks. Yeah. Pretension heart picks. I tried those and I wasn't as successful, but I tried these little, they're made by a company called gum, I think, but they're little picks, almost like toothpicks, but they're soft and they fit in between your gums. I've tried different kinds. Some have like these little bristles, but this particular one seemed to, like you said, it made it easy and actually not difficult. I'll even call it enjoyable. And I've created a habit when I was commuting, especially to have them in my car, have them in certain places where you'll see them. I have them on my desk right here all the mm-hmm. time. So Joe, if you see me picking my teeth, it's a, it's a good hygiene. Don't get grossed out. I right? do the same thing. I started carrying those with me and whatever yeah. my cue, and we're going to talk about cues and things like that here in a minute, but whatever my cue is for flossing, I, I can't point my, put my finger on it now, but every once in a while, I'll just find myself flossing in the middle of a meeting, just flossing my teeth. And I have to realize, man, I, whatever cue triggered me flossing my teeth, I'm, I'm sitting in the middle of a meeting <laughs> flossing my teeth. Maybe I should stop doing it here. Uh, but yeah, in the car, uh, sitting at my desk. Uh, yeah. And flossing is important. Look up the benefits of flossing. You'll be surprised at what, what health benefits flossing has, but that's, that's probably my on a, on a very small scale. I have some, I have some really bad habits, Kurt. And I have some good habits. Uh, I have some habits that we could cover them. Yeah, I have some habits that that uh, I want to get back to. And then I'm curious how effective the cue will be uh, when I when I go to start the the new habit. Uh, and we'll 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 talk about that. We'll talk about that here in a minute. But it's interesting how automatic something as simple as flossing has become for me. Let's get into our featured topic, Joe which is about habits. We both share, and this has been, you know, I've seen this book multiple times showing up on bestsellers. It just keeps coming up. James Clear's Atomic Habits. I was going to go through the book and see what kind of topic I could bring to this week's episode. And it came right from the first chapter. This is an excellent book. Uh, there, like I said, there are three books that talk about habits that are, that are foundational books if you want to develop good habits. One of them is like the grandfather of, of habit books. And that's Jane Duhigg's, uh, the power of habit or the power of habits, whatever, look it up. Uh, the power of habits by James Duhigg. The other one is this book, uh, that we're using today, James Clear's atomic habits. And the other one is a book by JB Fogg, uh, called tiny habits. Now, tiny habits and atomic habits, as you can, as you can probably tell by the title, they're very similar books. Uh, but I would highly recommend you, you, you picking up these books if you want to create uh, really good habits in your life, James Duhigg's book is 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 meaty and 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 heady. Uh, so I would, if you're going to start, I would start I would start with this book that we're we're talking about today, mm-hmm. uh, Atomic Habits by James Clear. The first chapter is called "The Surprising Power of Atomic Habits." Now, Atomic Habits, he's talking about small habits. Atomic like atomic particles is what the title kind of represents. But it was funny, Joe, when you said talk about goals versus values and how you really treasure goals. I'm sorry, you treasure your values even better. It really resonated with me, and I couldn't remember where or why I've heard that topic before. And as I was doing this research, I found it was from this book. Yeah, he does a whole chapter and right from the first he does chapter. a whole segment on on how goals don't work. And well, I'm going to, that's going to be my, I got four problems with goals that I'm going to review with you right now. Perfect. All right. So he introduces this by saying, if you 
If you want better results, then forget about setting goals. Focus on your system instead, which is exactly what we talked about last week. Goals are good for setting a direction, but systems are best for making progress. A handful of problems arise when you spend too much time thinking about your goals and not enough time designing your systems. Or I'm thinking of habits, right? Mm -hmm. Problem number one, winners and losers have the same goals. <laughs> Goal setting suffers from a serious case of survivorship bias. I think you talked to this for sure. Yeah, it, it, you, get, you get hung up on, you get hung up on this big lofty goal and uh, all your ego gets wrapped up in this goal. Yeah. He says every Olympian wants to win a gold medal. And every candidate wants to get a job. And if successful and unsuccessful people share the same goals, then the goal cannot be what differentiates winners from losers. So when 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 you think about when you think about the thing that differentiates winners from losers, first of all, I'm, I'm not sure I like that. I like how it's framed winners from losers. Uh, but having a goal is not enough. Everybody has the goal. Right. And, and when you ha when, when the only thing that you have is the goal, that means nothing. Yeah. Like I had a goal. I did a 21 day challenge last year to drink a gallon of water every single day. I found out that that's quite a bit of water. I had never, I drank water every day, but wow. Did I find out early on, I might have taken on more than I probably set the goal too high, <laughs> but I powered through it. But you know what? After 21 days on day 22, I quit that habit straight away. <laughs> but you, you did, I bet you developed, you developed some routines and some habits about drinking water. And I'll, I'll bet despite giving up that the gallon a day, there was some holdover from that. And I'll bet you right now, you may not even realize it, Kurt. I'll bet you right now you drink more water now than you did before you started that 21 day challenge. Well, yeah, I learned something from that. So I, with our 30 day challenge of losing weight, drinking water is a big part of that. I'm getting off the sugar drinks, sodas, and even Joe convinced me the diet drinks I'm staying away from. And I'm, I haven't set a goal for the appropriate amount of water. I just want to make sure I'm drinking water all day long. I don't need to drown myself to, to achieve what I'm trying to do. All right. Achieving problem. Number two, achieving a goal is only a momentary change. So achieving a goal changes your life for the moment, right? Like I just explained with that water goal. That's the counterintuitive thing about improvement. We think we need to change our results, but the results are not the problem. What we really need to change are the systems that cause those results. I love this because when you change, when you change the systems, when you change the processes, the goals take care of themselves. If you fall in love, and I think he, he even says this, and if you're going to, if you're going to say this, I apologize for stealing your thunder, but the idea is to fall in love with the process. You know, we, we have the goal, right? The goal's back there, but fall right. in love with the process. If you fall in love with the process, and I said this last week, if you fall in love with the process, your life will unfold in front of you. Mm -hmm. And you may find that it, you're ending up in a, in a different place than you thought you'd end up. Uh, but 
if you fall in love with the process, the good stuff will take care of itself. But it's important to fall in love with the process. When I started my podcast, Geeking on Walt Disney World, over eight years ago, one of my goals was to be consistent with that podcast. But the way I became successful at this in terms of putting out a podcast every single week was the habits I created of every single morning getting up. I have a morning routine, but it has always for the last eight and a half years included editing my podcast a little bit every single day. And I know by doing it in the morning, first of all, I'll get it done. I'm a morning person. I get up early. I enjoy that time. I think doing something productive before the rest of the world starts interrupting you is extremely important. But that's how I've been successful by doing that habit every single day for the last eight years. It speaks for itself, right, Kurt? Uh, you have, you have, you've not yeah. missed a week. And that consistently has built a significant audience for your podcast and a significant community. And, mm-hmm. and you, you may not have had specific goals in mind. You probably had an idea, but you didn't know exactly how big your community would be or the impact you would have. You just know that you wanted to make an impact. You wanted to build a community and you, want, and you wanted to, uh, you wanted your podcast uh, to have some influence for lack of a better way of saying it. And, but that daily habit of working on your podcast and editing your podcast led to the weekly release of the show. That weekly release of the show led to people being able to count on your show every single week. And your show has become their habit and their routine and their habit and their routine has built Mm -hmm. a community. So that's the progression of, of your daily morning Mm -hmm. five at 5 a.m editing of your podcast. All right. Problem number three, goals restrict your happiness. I think Joe, again, spoke to this last week. For years, happiness was always something for my future self to enjoy. I promised myself that once I gained 20 pounds of muscle or after my business was featured in the New York Times, I could finally relax. So that's James Clear talking about something specific in his life. But that is, I know I talked about my word for the year is inner peace. I don't have to reach some goal to be happy. I can be happy right now. And there's techniques to do that. But if I set a goal that if I don't get this thing, if I don't get this job, if I don't do this or that and be six, what I, I want to do a topic on success one of these days too, Joe, but you shouldn't put all your happiness into the fulfillment of that goal. You know, that's in fact, when, when, when you say that next week's episode is, uh, the secrets to happiness. There you go. And this is one of the things that we're, that we're going to talk about. Uh, what are, what are we focusing on? What is happiness? What makes us, what will make us happy and how can we be happy right now, despite our circumstances? Uh, so I, I, I like where you're headed here. I get another quote. He says, it makes no sense to restrict your satisfaction to one scenario. When there are many paths to success, a system-first mentality provides an antidote. When you fall in love with the process rather than the product, you don't have to wait to give yourself permission to be happy. You can be satisfied anytime your system is running. And a system can successfully, in many different forms, not just 
the one you first envision. Good falling stuff. falling in love with the process. And yeah. that's the whole idea behind habits is small is falling in love with the process and doing the smallest, tiniest thing right now. Whatever right now means, whatever right now means to you. And that's what I got out of both about both Tiny Habits book and Atomic Habits book is what is the smallest thing that you know you can do consistently right now and just make that your measure of success. Yeah. Problem number four, the last one that I have here with goals are that they're goals are at odds with your long-term progress. When all of your hard work is focused on a particular goal, what's left to push you forward after you achieve it? It is. It's like, Hey, I'm done. Right. Life is over. Yeah. (laughs) I had a goal to run a marathon. And I tell you, I, I had a goal to run in a particular race years ago. Now, I am not a runner. I'm not built to be a runner, but somehow in my fitness center, I, you know, this, is, this will be personally challenging. I'm going I'm to take up running. And I, I was slow. And we used to joke, I used to joke around with a bunch of the guys in the gym because they were really runners <laughs> from high school and college. And I would start like a half hour before them, and I would beat them by the end of lunch hour, and I would laugh at them. We'd have fun in the shower and stuff. And then... <laughs> But I had a goal to do this 7.1 mile. It's a great event up in Litchfield, Connecticut, close to where I live, old town that does this road race. And seven miles was quite a challenge for me at the time, for sure. I can remember running it and just, yeah, there's a great satisfaction. A lot of people in my community, in the Disney community, do the Run Disney events. We got people doing the marathon, actually, this weekend as we're recording this episode. Those are great goals to set to put that activity out ahead of you to train for that. But I'll tell you, I had a big crash and letdown after I achieved that goal. Part of it was physically. I I developed plantar fasciitis, which definitely put (laughs) a stop to my running for a couple of weeks. And it wasn't long after that that I actually stopped running, but mostly it was because of the physical injury that I suffered. But the point still is you got to really – pick up yourself and set another goal or else you'll never push through to this long-term progress we're talking about. And again, that's the problem with goals. Uh, there are, there are a number of studies that show just what you said, Kurt, when, when people have a high lofty goal and they reach their goal, they have a very short period of time of happiness and, uh, followed by a long period of time of depression and anxiety and frustration about what they're about. Okay. This doesn't bring me the the happiness that I thought it would bring me. Uh, that's because they, they had their ego invested in the goal and either they reach the goal or they don't reach the goal. But the funny thing is if they reach the goal, they have a short period of time of happiness and a followed by some dip, whatever you want to call it, depression, anxiety, disappointment, whatever, followed by some long, long-term period of long-term dip. Uh, if you don't reach the goal, you, you immediately have a bruised ego, right? Mm. You immediately th- feel a sense of worthlessness. Like you can't accomplish anything. You can't, you never follow through with your goals. You, you, they're followed by almost the same feeling, a dip, an emotional dip, uh, there, there's several studies out there that show that this happens when you are, when you are rapidly goal focused, 
And that's why I, like we talked about last week, I, I set aside goals and I'm concentrating specifically on values and what habits I can create around those, around those values. All right. That's my contribution for this week, Joe. Kurt, let's talk about how habits work. Uh, the process of building a habit can be divided basically into four simple steps, a cue, a craving, a response, and a reward. And when we break it down into these fundamental basic parts, uh, it really can, it helps me understand and really can help us understand what a habit is, how it works, and how to improve our habits, how to get rid of bad habits and recognizing bad habits and how to build good habits. So this, this four-step pattern, cue, craving, response, and reward is really the backbone of every habit. And your brain runs through these steps in the same order each time. First, you have a cue. The cue triggers your brain to initiate a behavior. Uh, it's a bit of information that predicts a reward. You, you, something that ha- something has happened, happens that triggers your brain to think about a reward to come at some level, whatever that might be. So you have the, the cue uh, and that cue is, is many times subconscious or uh, something we, we don't control, but we can control the cue cravings, which comes after the cue. That's, that's the second step. Uh, they're the motivational force behind every habit without some level of motivation or desire Without a craving for change, we have no reason to act. So uh, craving is kind of what, what motivates, motivates us to the habit. We, we are craving something. We want something from this cue. This cue has created a craving. And the third step is the response. Uh, that's the actual habit that we perform. Uh, it takes us from that thought of uh, we have the cue, we have the craving, and now we respond with the actual habit itself. And then finally, that response delivers a reward. Rewards, it's the end goal of every habit. It's what you get. It's what you feel. It's what you're thinking. It, it's, definitely a, it's definitely a feeling that we have. And the biggest reward that, that the, the foundation of the reward is really a dopamine hit. It's really, it's really, it's really a dopamine hit. It's, it's, um, it's that feeling of uh, that good feeling. We can get that good feeling in many ways. Sometimes we get it from alcohol. Sometimes we get it from drugs. Sometimes we get it from exercise. Uh, sometimes we get it. We can get dopamine hits from, from many things, but that's the foundation of this, of this reward. Uh, it's the goal. It's the, it's the, it's the end goal of every habit. That's what we're looking for is this reward. And the cue is about noticing the cue is about the cue is about noticing the reward. The craving is about wanting the reward. The response is about obtaining the reward, right? Uh, And then we have the reward itself. We, we chase rewards because really they serve two purposes. They satisfy us and they teach us. So those are the steps to, if you can understand this, the steps to a habit, the cue, the craving, the response, and the reward, you can understand how to take control of your habits and how to create a cue and how to, how to look, how to look towards a craving and how to, how to, how to control the craving and what, and how to control the, the, the response, the habit itself and think about, and think about the reward. I'm going to talk about a bad habit that I have. 
Okay. We can talk, right. we can talk about good habits. We can talk about bad habits, but I'm going to talk about a bad habit that I have. And I want to break that down uh, into the cue craving and response reward uh, uh, process. My bad habit is YouTube at work. Okay. <laughs> That's my bad habit. YouTube at work, specifically YouTube shorts. Uh, there's a little, if you go on your phone and you pull up your YouTube program, your YouTube app, you're going to find second from the left is the shorts button. And those are quick hit videos, little quick hit videos that do that present something right. And they're useless YouTube. Well, they give me (laughs) entertainment. Maybe they give me some satisfaction. Okay. Uh, but it's not, it's not good satisfaction. I, I believe in, I believe that these, these types of things have their place somewhere, right? It's not a productive exercise. Not in the middle of work when you're trying to get something accomplished. So that's right. my bad habit. YouTube at work. Uh, like I said, specifically YouTube shorts. And and YouTube's algorithm presents sports. People, for me, presents to me sports, people giving away money, and these deep voice, these weird deep voice guys that, that tell weird facts you know uh so those are the three things that i get most from that that is, the youtube al- al- algorithm has learned from me sports people giving away money and that that deep voice weird guy spouting spouting strange facts anyway so this i, I pro- habit this bad habit of you joe that you have is a distraction to the things that should be important right right so let, let's break those down. Let's break that down. The cue, craving, response, and reward. This bad habit. The cue is I become frustrated by either boredom or difficult task ahead of me. <laughs> All right. I become frustrated by that. So that's, that's a cue, that frustration, yeah. that feeling of frustration. Yeah. And my craving is I, I want to relieve this frustration. All right. I know actually doing the work <laughs> won't relieve the frustration. I know that. It'll continue yeah. the, with the boredom. It'll, it'll continue with the, with the difficult task. So I know that my craving is to be relieved of this frustration. Uh, so the cue is I become frustrated. The, cr- the, re- the craving is I want to be relieved by this frustration. Uh, the response is I pull up my phone and open YouTube. That's my response to this, to this craving. And my reward is I laugh. I learn. I generally feel good about something. I get that dopamine hit by, by learning some weird fact or the, the good feeling of watching some guy give away money to a homeless person, or I'm, I'm laughing at a funny sports blooper video or whatever it might be. So now I associate frustration at work with watching YouTube. And that's my, that's my relief. Instead of, instead of dealing with the frustration in a productive way, I pull out my phone and watch five, 10, 15, 60 minutes of YouTube videos. Uh, so here's my question. What can we do to stop this habit? Let's let you and I talk about that for a minute. Kurt. Mm. What can we do to stop this habit? And this is a lesson for, for all of us, for you and I here and for, for everybody listening. So the cue is I become frustrated by boredom or a difficult yeah. task, right? That's my cue. Yeah. So the first thing I have to do is recognize the cue. I have to, right. I have to say, okay, I'm frustrated. 
and I'm bored. So I'm conscious. I become conscious of the cue instead of it being subconscious. I become conscious of the cue. I'm bored, right? I think you got to find a different craving and reward to solve that problem. Well, the craving might remain the same. I want to relieve this frustration of boredom. Yeah. In the moment, I want to relieve the frustration of boredom. You need a more productive way to habit to put in its place. That's a good point. So what if I, what if I say, okay, instead of when I, when I feel this, when I feel this boredom, I'm going to create a new response. I'm frustrated by boredom. I crave relief from the boredom. All right. Or from the frustration. I need to create a new response to this, to this cue and craving. So what if that response is standing up and taking 10 steps and sitting back down? Or maybe the response is standing up and walking around the block. Yeah. I was thinking going for, I do that. Yeah. That's one things that I do for sure. When I need a break, I get up and walk quite often in my work day. Right. So now the craving, the relief from the frustration and the boredom is getting up and taking a walk. And it helps with my 30 day weight loss challenge because I'm adding to my step count, which is a goal of 7,000 steps per day. But what's my reward? I crave, I, I crave the reward. What's my reward? Yeah. Uh, th- my reward is, would be twofold here. My re- reward would be, I'm not watching YouTube, which gives me a feeling of accomplishment, right? I feel like, okay, I'm, I'm defeating this enemy. I'm defeating this dragon, right? Mm-hmm. And my reward is better health, a little dopamine hit from, from, from walking around, a feeling of, of accomplishing another one of my goals, whatever that might be, probably health, like you said. So now I've changed the cue, craving, response, and reward. I still have the cue. I'm working from that cue. Uh, I still have the craving, which is relief from the frustration, but the response is what I have to change. And I have to do a tiny little thing for that response. Mm. My tiny, my, the, the first act, my, my first activity towards the, uh, towards the reward part of the habit was to grab my phone. That was the very first step, grabbing my phone, not watching the YouTube video, but grabbing my phone. So the habit that I'm into is a uh, cue, craving, response, grab my phone. Cue, craving, response, grab my phone. Now my cue, craving, response I can change one small, tiny thing. I'll stand up. Yeah. I'll stand up with the intention of walking, but it's not, it's not walking immediately. It's changing that initial tiny, tiny response. Instead of grabbing my phone, I stand up. Instead of grabbing my phone, I stand up. And that triggers the new response. The new response is now walking. Stand up and walk not grab my phone, YouTube. Yeah. So that's how, that's how I plan on defeating this YouTube at work habit. Mm. I've associated walking with clearing my mind and gaining some peace and clarity and quiet. And then I can get that break to get back to the work when I sit down again. And I've, I've heard a lot of studies of people talking about you should only work in like 20 minute spurts. Like you're doing homework, something you're trying to do productive to get up 
and step away from it and then come back is a really good productive thing to do. So I, I like that response, Joe. That's a much better, that's a good answer to your problem. Yeah. And your bad the, habit. the breakthrough for me was understanding that the response, the immediate response was something I had to take control over. Uh, and the immediate response wasn't watching the YouTube video. It was grabbing my phone. So there's a couple things that I can do. And we learn all this through, through, through the book, Atomic Habits. I can, uh, I can make it inconvenient to grab my phone throughout the day meaning I can keep it in my, I want to keep my phone available to me in case my wife calls or my kids call or something like that. But I can take my phone and put it in my briefcase or my backpack, right? And not have it right there on my desk. So I can make it inconvenient. I can also make it convenient to walk, which means I have, I, I will set aside a, a path that I will walk that has, that is frictionless. Uh, uh, I will, maybe I'll keep a pair of gym shoes next to my desk, an old pair of gym shoes that I can walk in. But I have to control that initial tiny, tiny response. If I can can control that initial tiny, tiny response, everything else will take care of itself. Yeah. And I'm changing that. I'll change that response from grabbing the phone to standing up frustration, boredom, stand up. And I may have to do this a thousand times a day, (laughs) right? Yeah. Frustration, boredom, stand up, walk around, back to work. Maybe it's 10 minutes later. Frustration, boredom, stand up, walk around, back to work. Well, you got to be really intentional about it at first. That's the whole fun about habits. And he talks about, you know, just be really intentional. You've already thought this through. And now you've, you got to work at it for a while before you can change that bad habit. I, I love what he says about, about, changing your behavior uh, by simply asking yourself, well, whenever you want to change your behavior, simply ask yourself these four things. How can I make it obvious? How can I make it attractive? How can I make it easy? How can I make it satisfying? If you want to change your behavior, ask yourself those four questions. How can I make it obvious? How can I make it attractive? How can I make it easy? And how can I make it satisfying? If you can answer those four questions effectively, you will change your, your behavior. I want us to ask ourselves about, about the habit we either want to quit or the habit that we want to create the habit we want to stop or end and the habit or the habit we want to create. This is this YouTube habit. I know it sounds funny and they may sound silly, but I have it. I have this bad habit that I, I want to quit. It's cool. And recognized it. So let's, 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 let's ask ourselves about these habits periodically as we go through the next several weeks. Well, we've got a 30 day weight loss challenge, which fits in very perfectly for both those wanting to quit a habit like overeating was one of mine. I gained over the last couple of months, specifically to through the holidays, Joe. And this week I had all kinds of leftovers. My daughter-in-law, my son came over for the New Year's Eve weekend and they made dinner, a beautiful Italian dinner with manicotti and meatballs and ganache. Is that, am I saying that right? I think that's right. It's like these little balls of yummy stuff. <laughs> so I just had all this leftovers, but we wanted to do this weight loss I was afraid I might overeat 
I want to get to back to the habit of buying the right foods, the salads and the vegetables and the things that the chicken, the protein that I need, I know when I'm losing weight, but you know, I said, you know, we talked about small atomic habits. You want to start small and I didn't want to just throw out all that food. So I said to myself, well, I'm, I'm not going to overeat. And would you believe just getting that started? I did finally go grocery shopping like two days ago and I have bought some of those things, but I didn't throw away a lot of food and I lost seven pounds this week. Congratulations, man. Right. Seven pounds. Good job. Well, you know, that is well, you know, that is all that water weight. And I think I can still, I can lose up to 10 pounds kind of fast. Yeah. And that, that happens a lot in the beginning of a weight loss program. I've said this before. I've lost 30 pounds, 30 times in my life. I know how to lose weight. That's not the problem for me. The problem for me is maintaining good habits, maintaining a lifestyle, maintaining uh, routines that lead to good health and to keep the weight off. I'll tell you with those yummy leftovers, I could easily go through two bowls of meatballs instead of one. So I cut it down to one. That was my strategy this week. And it's really about now building off of that. So I had a good week. I cut down. I didn't really count calories yet, which is something I'm going to do. I did install the app, the lose it app. It was really cool to me to see that I wanted to start over again. And the app actually prompted me, said, do you want to start where you were before? Do you want to clear the slate and start over again? And so I've done that and I'm starting to record my, my weight every, not every day, but every couple of days just to see where I'm at. So those are a couple of habits I've got started and now it's, I'm going to build on that in the coming week. How about you, Joe? I've been lucky this week because my plan, my process was completely out the window. I become very weak. My willpower becomes weak. My thought processes become weak when I'm sick. And when I've been sick this week, I've basically, I went to work poured all of my mental, emotional, and physical energy at work. So when I came home, I was exhausted and tired and sick. And I would just grab whatever was convenient. And that wasn't always the healthiest thing. So I didn't stick to my plan this week, my, my eating plan or my walking plan. Uh, I know you, you, you did pretty well on your walking cause we've touched base this week, right? You've done your 7,000 steps every day so far, right? I have, I have not, yes. I have not. And I'm, I'm being transparent with you. I've, I've probably averaged 4,000 steps this week, uh, a day, which isn't a heck of a lot, but it's, it's, yeah. it's more than, more than I would have had I not had some kind of goal and some kind of intention in front of me. But uh, it's a great example of how an illness specifically can get you out of your good habits. And then how do you recover and get that same motivation back after your, it's okay that if you're not feeling well, the reason I've been lucky, Kurt is cause I've lost three pounds. Oh, good. So yeah. Yeah. Hey, a little blessing a- from the universe <laughs> that says, Joe, we, we feel sorry for you. We know you've been sick. Here's three pounds as a gimme. You did better than you thought you did. Even <laughs> you, weren't, you were definitely not feeling well all week. So yeah. You touched base. That's good. That's good. One thing, one more thing I, I want to say about habits, and I, I, this is probably sprinkled throughout this, and I may, have said, I may have said this specifically, but I want to make sure I say this clearly. The best way you can start a habit 
is just to start with the tiniest thing, the smallest thing that you know you can do consistently. One habit that I want to that I want to bring back into my life is a is a morning routine where I would get up at 4:30 every morning, I would uh I would stretch, I I would do some med- meditation, I would read, I would walk. Uh and that that habit I did consistently for a long time, I would say over a year, over maybe a couple years uh at some level. But I here recently over the past several months, I've completely got away from it. And that small, that habit, that whole habit, that whole process, that whole routine started with one tiny habit. And that's when my alarm went off, I would stand up and stretch, just stretch my arms out above my head. And I would say, it's going to be a great day. Hmm. That's all I had to think about. The rest of it fell into place from there because of small, tiny habits that I built. I agree. And I'm what I'm curious about, and I'll report on this, Kurt, is starting tomorrow, I'm going to, as soon as my alarm goes off, I'm going to stand up, stretch, and see what happens. I'm just going to concentrate on that thing. Stand up out of my bed mm-hmm. and stretch and see if that leads, if there's some muscle memory, some habit memory that I'm still holding on to to see if that leads to some of the other, to, to that routine. I totally agree with this. And I started this habit last year as Joe and I, we were talking about creating this podcast. One of the things, one of the habits I wanted to get back to was morning reading. And you, we both talk about how important our morning routines are. It's like sacred to me. And I think a lot about it. Sometimes I change, I'm changing it a little bit right now because of this podcast that I want to create content for. And I said, you know what? First thing I'm going to do after I make my coffee, get that coffee started, is I'm going to read five minutes in one of these personal productivity books. And of course, if you start for five minutes, I mean, the coffee takes 10, 15 minutes to be ready. Before you know it, I've got 10, 15 minutes of productive time in that book started. Right. And then I do that the next day and the next day, by the end of the week, Joe, I hope to have content at least research some content for this podcast. All started from a tiny habit of five minutes of reading for that morning. One thing I want to caution us on, uh, all of us, when it comes to tiny habits, is try at least in the beginning to stick to the tiny habit. If you have a habit of, if you would just want to build a habit of getting up at 4.30 in the morning, Stick to that one tiny habit of getting up and stretching. That's it. Yeah. Let everything else fall into a place later, but just do that. Commit to doing that. Because sometimes if we, if we say, okay, I'm just, going to, I'm just going to walk 10 steps this morning. That's all. That's my tiny habit. I'm going to get up and I'm going to walk 10 steps. We may feel motivated in the beginning to say, well, I can do 20 steps. I can do 50 steps. I can walk around the block. I can do three miles. And you do that your first day, and now you've connect, you, you may connect a negative feeling to that habit now instead of a feeling of accomplishment by taking your 10 steps and mm-hmm. celebrating that. Totally so let's be, careful of, let's be careful of that. If you're going to start a new habit, make sure you keep it to a small habit and celebrate that small habit and let it naturally build 
as time goes on. Don't try to force it all into, into one day. Great advice, Joe. Love it. Episode two looks like we're almost done. I got to finish up with my quote for the week, Joe. This comes from James Clear's Atomic Habits, same book we've been talking about. You do not rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems. Mine's very similar, but this comes from Stephen Pressfield. He's the author of The War of Art. Great book. Uh, if, you, uh, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a creative type in any way, I highly recommend this book by Stephen, Stephen Pressfield. Uh, the war of art. But he says the difference between an amateur and a professional is their habits. An amateur has amateur habits. A professional has professional habits. We can never free ourselves from habit, but we can replace bad habits with good ones. Think about what he says there. We can never free ourselves from habit. We are in habit right now, whether we like it or not but we can replace those habits with more productive, better habits by intentionally doing it. But we can, we're in habits now, whether, whether we like it or not. I love this quote by Stephen Pressfield. I love how Stephen King answers the question, how do you become a great writer? And you know what his answer is? Write every day. Yep. It was the same yep. thing from Jerry Seinfeld. You want to know how to be a comedian? <laughs> Write a joke every day. Do the work. As we wrap up, I want to remind everybody that we have a Patreon in place. A, a, it's called Patreon. It's at patreon.com. Dudes in progress. If you want to support the show, if you want to support us, uh, you can certainly do that at patreon.com slash dudes in progress. And we'll have a link to that in today's show notes. Also, uh, we have a website, dudesinprogress.com. I invite you to visit that. That's a work in progress. Uh, but the, the meat and potatoes are there right now, uh, dudesinprogress.com. And we also have a Facebook community, uh, over at, uh, over at Facebook. And we'll link to that. Uh, we'll link to that in the, uh, on our website as well. So we have our patreon.com dudes in progress, our website dudesinprogress.com and our Facebook community. If you want to connect with us or support us. Yeah, and always check the show notes in that podcast app that you listen to the show. You'll get all of those links. And definitely reach out to us if you have a topic or you, I don't even want to say you want to be on the show. Kurt, I have an idea. Anyone who emails us at dudes at dudesinprogress.com, dudes at dudesinprogress.com, if they share a bad habit they want to end and a good habit they want to create, We'll pick one person at random and send them a free copy of Atomic Habits by James Clear. Is that fair enough? Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. If you want to, if you email us dudes at dudesinprogress.com and share a bad habit that you want to end and a good habit that you want to create, we'll pick a, we'll pick a random person who submits those to us and we'll send them a free copy of Atomic Habits by James Clear. Either however you listen, however you, however you um, read that book. It could be a Kindle version. It could be an audible version or it could be a book book version. We'll send you a free copy of Atomic Habits by James Clear. So as we wrap up, as we go into the coming week, I want you to remember progress is better than perfection. So keep moving forward. And we'll try to do better the next time, dudes and dudettes. All right. Yes, we will. 
Yes, we will. Talk to you soon. <laughs>